Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Gaining the Victory as we pick up in Psalm chapter 77, verse 16. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. The waters saw thee, O God, the waters saw thee. They were afraid, the depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water, the sky sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world, and the earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou ledest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So turning the situation around, get your eyes off of yourself and get your eyes on the Lord and you'll come into the victory. Psalm 78 is a psalm that rehearses the history of God's people. And the psalm was written in order to remind the children, the coming generation of the works of the Lord. One of the important obligations that we have is that we not see a move of God and then see it die with the passing generation. But unfortunately, rarely does a work of God continue into a second generation. Unfortunately, we begin to get our eyes upon, you know, the things that God has done upon you know, the great monuments, and it turns into a monument rather than keeping our eyes upon God who was doing the work to begin with. And it's always a tragedy when the work of God turns into a memorial. Somehow we need to communicate to our children that glorious work and consciousness of God so it goes on and on and on. And, and the children of Israel sought to do this, but they failed And so many times you find that from one generation to the next, the work of God was forgotten. Case of Hezekiah, followed by Manasseh, his son. Hezekiah, marvelous, righteous king. Manasseh, an evil, wicked king. Somehow his father did not relate well to Manasseh. His faith, his trust, his confidence in God. So give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from the children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works which he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, passing it on to the children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, whom would arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. So the transmission of truth from generation to generation. And might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. 
They did not stand up against the enemy. They retreated. They kept not the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. That's why they turned back in battle. And they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. The forgetfulness. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the fields of Zon. He divided the sea, caused them to pass through, made the water stand up as a heap. In the daytime he led them by the cloud and night with a light of fire. He broke the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run like rivers. And yet they sinned against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. And yea, they spake against God and said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock, the waters gushed out, the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh to his people? Therefore the Lord heard this. He was angry. So a fire was kindled against Jacob. Anger came up against Israel because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. God's anger because of unbelief. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven, he rained down manna upon them to eat. He had given them the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to their full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathered fowls like the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the middle of their camp, round about their houses. So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. But they were not estranged from their lust. Even though they were filled, they were still filled with lust. In other words, you lust, but lust cannot really be satisfied. And though they were filled, still they were hungry. But while their meat was in their mouths, the anger, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the chosen men of Israel. For all of this, they continued to sin and believed not his wondrous works. Therefore, their days were spent in emptiness, their years in trouble. And when he slew them, they sought him and returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth, but they lied unto him with their tongues, for their heart was not right with him, and neither were they steadfast in his covenant. How many times people are doing the same thing? Lying to God, flattering with their mouth, but their hearts are really far from God. But being full of compassion, he forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not, yea, Many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up all of his wrath, for he remembered that they were but flesh. Thank God for the mercies wherewith he deals with us, and he remembers that we're but flesh. Now, sometimes we think we're supermen. We think we're a rock of Gibraltar. We think we're so strong, we're so powerful. You know, I'm so strong, I can stand against Oh, how I cringe when I see some of these young Christians. They come up and they say, I really want to go out and, and serve God in, in a mission field. Well, how long have you been a Christian? Two months now. 
feel God's calling me to a mission field. You know, oh, I'm ready to conquer the world. You feel so strong. But God knows you're just dust. <laughs> and it's good when we find out that we're just dust too. And we trust not in the arm of our flesh, but we learn to trust the Lord completely. God remembers that they were but flesh, a wind that passes away and comes not again. People have always asked, what, is, what scripture can you give me against reincarnation? Well, here's one. You might mark it. Your life is spoken of as a wind that passes away and comes not again. It's talking about your breath of life. It is something that is going to pass, but it won't come again. So you're not going to come back. But who in the world would want to? <laughs> to come back again and have to go through this? No thanks. Now, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and they grieved him in the desert. Yes, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Here's a very interesting verse, and that is that God can be limited by the unbelief of people. When Jesus was in Nazareth, he said, it said he did not many works there because of their unbelief. Your unbelief can actually limit the work that God is wanting to do in your life. The children of Israel put limitations on God, and man today is often putting limitations on God. One of the limitations that we so often place upon God are dispensational limitations. The dispensation of the apostles, you know. The dispensation of the Holy Spirit. It all ended with the apostles. God doesn't work anymore. God doesn't heal anymore. God doesn't, you know, work miracles anymore. And, and the gifts of the Spirit are not in operation anymore. They all cease with the apostles. And we put limits on God, not because God won't, not because God doesn't want to, but because of our unbelief, our failing to believe God to do it now. And it is still possible for us to be putting limitations on the work that God wants to do in our lives. When I come to God, I say, God, help me to be totally open to anything and everything you want to do in my life. I don't want to put any restraints on that which God is wanting to do in or through me. By presuppositions, by my own cultural upbringing, by the things that have been planted in my mind in the past, by my education or anything else. I don't want anything there that would restrict or limit that which God wants to do. They limited the Holy One of Israel by their unbelief. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. He wrought the signs in Egypt and turned the rivers into blood and the floods that they couldn't drink and sent the flies and the frogs, and gave the increase of their fields to the caterpillar and to the locusts, and destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore trees with frost, and gave their cattle also to the hail and the flocks to the hot thunderbolts, 
And he cast upon them the fierceness of his anger and wrath and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. No doubt reference to the slaying of the firstborn. He made way to his anger. He spared not their soul from death, but gave their life over to pestilence. And smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength, the tabernacles of Ham. But he made his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them into the wilderness like a flock. He led them on safely so that they feared not, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies and brought them to the border of the sanctuary, even to this mountain which his right hand had purchased. And cast the heathen also out before them, divided the inheritance by line, and made the tribes of Israel to dwell in their tents. And yet they tempted and provoked the Most High and did not keep his testimonies but turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers. They provoked him to anger by building the places of false worship. They moved him to jealousy with their graven images. And when God heard this, he was angry and abhorred Israel so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent which he had placed among men. The tabernacle, of course, originally was in the area of Shiloh, which was in the portion that was given to the tribe of Ephraim. He delivered his strength into captivity, his glory into the enemy's hand. He gave his people over to the sword and was angry with his inheritance. Fire consumed their young men. The maidens were not given to marriage. The priests fell by the sword. The widows made no lamentation. And then the Lord awakened as one out of sleep and a mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine, and he smote his enemies in the hinder parts. He put them to perpetual reproach. Moreover, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe of Ephraim. When God chose then a leader, he refused to take the tribe of Ephraim or Joseph, which would have also been Manasseh. But he chose the tribe of Judah. And rather than Shiloh, Mount Zion, which he loved, and there he built his sanctuary like the high places, like the earth which he established forever. And he chose David also his servant and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes, great with young. He brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hand. A, a beautiful rehearsal of their history to remind them of the work of God in their past. O oh God, heathen are come into your inheritance. Thy holy temple have they defiled. They have laid Jerusalem on heaps. So this goes out to the future, to uh, the time when the temple was laid waste, perhaps under the reign of Rehoboam by the Egyptians. The dead bodies of thy servants have given to be meat unto the fowls of the heaven, the flesh of the saints to the beasts of the earth. Their blood have they shed like water round about Jerusalem. And there was no one to bury them. We're become a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them around about us. How long, O Lord, will you be angry forever? Shall your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out thy wrath upon the heathen that have not known thee and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name. For they have devoured Jacob, laid waste his dwelling place. O remember not against us former iniquities. Let the tender mercies speedily prevent us for we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name, and deliver us and purge away all of our sins for thy name's sake. Why should the heathen say, where is their God? Let him be known among the heathen in the sight by the revenging of blood of thy servants which is shed. Let the sighing of the prisoner come before thee according to the greatness of thy power. Preserve 
thou those that are appointed to die, and render to our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom their reproach wherewith they have reproached thee, O Lord. And so we, thy people, the sheep of thy pasture, will give thee thanks forever and will show forth thy praise to all generations. And so it begins, of course, with speaking of the desolation that was brought by their enemies upon the temple, upon the people, and asking God to take vengeance upon those that had wrought the destruction upon the nation Israel. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth. God's dwelling between the cherubim. Actually, in uh, the book of Revelation, John describes the throne of God with the four cherubim round about the throne, crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, ceasing not to declare the greatness and holiness of God night and day. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up your strength and come and save us. Turn again, O God, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry against the prayer of thy people? You feed them with the bread of tears. You give them tears to drink in great measure. You make us a strife unto our neighbors and to our enemies. They laugh among themselves. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. You have cast out the heathen and planted it. The vine out of Egypt, of course, is the nation Israel. You've brought it out of Egypt and you've planted it in this land. You've prepared room before it. You did cause it to take deep root and it filled the land. And so the people of God filled this land of Israel. The hills were covered with the shadow of it. The boughs thereof were like goodly cedars. She sent out her boughs unto the sea, her branches to the river. Why have you then broken down her hedges so that they all which pass by the way do pluck her? The boar out of the woods doth waste it. The wild beast of the field doth devour it. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine. And so the nation Israel typified as a vine. This is a symbolism that is used also in the prophet Isaiah. Uh, God speaks of his vineyard, how he planted it and cultivated it and put the wine press in it, but it never did bring forth the fruit that he desired. And the vineyard which thy right hand hath planted, the branch that thou hast made strong for thyself, it's burned with fire, it's cut down, they perish at the rebuke of thy countenance. Let thy hand be upon the man of thy right hand and upon the son of man whom thou madest strong for thyself. So will not we go back from thee, quicken us or make us alive, and we shall call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. O God, turn to us once more. Cause your face to shine. For God had forsaken the nation Israel because they had forsaken God. And as Asa was told by the prophet, the Lord is with you while you'll be with him. And if you seek him, he'll be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So the nation Israel forsook God. God forsook them. But I can think of no greater tragedy in life than to be forsaken by God. And thank God it's an experience that none of us need to go through. On the cross, Jesus cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 
And there on the cross, Jesus was forsaken of the Father in order that you never need be forsaken by God. And thus, turn, O God, remember your people, and bring thy salvation. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 77 through 80 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Father, we thank you for the opportunity of studying your Word May we learn from the lessons that are here, Father. Oh, God, may we really apply the truths to our own situations. And may we walk, O Lord, with Thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand? David said, I will hide Thy word in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. And may you do likewise. May you go forth and let the word of God dwell in your hearts richly through faith that you might be able to comprehend how much God does love you, how much God is concerned with your well-being, how much God wants to help you and strengthen you. And thus may you walk with him this week in a renewed consciousness of his love and of his power and of his goodness. And may he strengthen you for every test and trial that you might face. And may you walk in the victory of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit living a life that is acceptable pleasing unto him in Jesus name this program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa California the word for today is pleased to present a timely book entitled Philippians a Bible study for women by Kay Smith wife of Pastor Chuck in times of hardship and doubt are you filled with joy If this less-than-perfect world has robbed you of joy and filled you instead with fear and worry, you must learn the secrets found in the book of Philippians. 
Join Kay as she discovers the Apostle Paul's top secrets to a life filled with joy, available to every Christian woman today. Sometimes in the deepest trials, God will so minister to us, or the Holy Spirit will so minister to us, that even in the deepest trials, we can have joy. And that's what we're trying to impress on the people's heart. We have joy just because we have Jesus. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll-free at 1-800-272-WORD. That's 1-800-272-9673. And godliness with contentment is great gain.